0: Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, lovely friends. Before we begin this episode of the show, I wanted to officially announce that the Doors to the Recovery Collective are open today through February 1st. If you're interested in becoming a member and joining my private recovery community for online workshops, guest speakers, group coaching, and annual retreats, now is your time to join. This offer won't happen again until the summer. So please head on over to recoverycollective.mykajabi.com or use the link in the show notes to become a member today. Who knows? Maybe your future best friend is waiting for you
1: inside. My favorite part about the Recovery Collective is that as of joining about a year ago, I finally realized how important it is to have a community in recovery. It was definitely a turning point for me
0: to finally talk to someone who's understanding. The people in the Recovery Collective are some of the most lovely, supportive people I've ever met.
1: If you're thinking about joining the Recovery Collective, I have two words to say to you. Do it. Literally just give it a chance. I think you will be surprised in the most wonderful
0: way. Make the jump and join. It's honestly one of the best things I ever did. And I've made some of my best friends from around the world. It's a safe place for me. I know I can say anything and never get judged for it. And I feel that we all truly care about each other. Well, there you have it. Our members have spoken. And I might be a little biased, but I think our community is pretty great too. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Do you struggle with exercise and movement and eating disorder recovery? Do you ever wonder what a healthy relationship with movement and exercise actually looks like? Do you ever wonder what your relationship with exercise and movement could look like when you're finally recovered? Well, in today's episode, I sit down and chat with the one and only Anne-Claire Young J. Chalk, who is my co-founder inside the Recovery Collective, and she is a fully recovered CCI eating disorder recovery coach just like me. You've probably heard her on this show several times in the past. Anyway, a little heads up. If you Love this episode. The original episode was recorded for our YouTube channel, The Meg and Ann Claire Show. So if you enjoy this style episode, please take a moment to head on over to our channel on YouTube and support us by subscribing. You'll get weekly recovery videos with the both of us over there, and I promise you'll also love those. So with that, I hope you enjoy this conversation all about exercise and movement before, during, and after our eating disorders with the lovely Anne Claire. Okay. (laughs) woohoo! Hi, Anne Claire. (laughs) Hi, Meg. What's up? Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to your viewers. viewers. I know. Happy (laughs)
0: New Year to everyone watching 2024. We are hoping that it is a amazing year for all of you.
1: Healing, gentle, restful, all of that. Anything yes. that you wish, we hold that hope for you too.
0: Yes, we are so excited for 2024. And today we are opening with an exciting conversation about exercise. I know this is a big part about many folks eating disorders is the complicated, relationship with exercise so many of us with eating disorders end up having, right? And so Anne-Claire and I both have lived experience with eating disorders and we had our unique relationships with exercise back then. And now we have relationships with exercise now. And today we wanted to share a little bit with you on how those have evolved.
1: It's a pretty timely conversation considering it's January. And I feel like movement is one of those themes, you know, when people set like resolutions and goals for the year and whatever. So in case you've been like bombarded with conversations or opinions on movement goals and exercise, hopefully the conversation will help you sort of anchor in other options, let's say. Yes. So how is your relationship with movement back then, like what, of course, you know, we're not going to go into detail. uh, So please don't be worried if you're viewing us, we're not going to like go into triggering descriptions, but I'm wondering how you would qualify sort of like your relationship with movement back then, Meg.
0: So I was a high school athlete, you know, I was on the varsity swim team for four years. My relationship to exercise Like from the bird's eye view, was high school athlete, right? My unique relationship and the disordered side of things was that I was just not nourishing enough for the amount of exercise I was doing. So I would show up to practice pretty depleted and just power through practice or whatever, undernourished. And my goal for that movement was not to be the fastest swimmer or the strongest swimmer. It was to just lose weight. So the motivation was totally messed up. I did not put in effort that a real competitive athlete would put in. So like a person who takes their sport seriously is going to be properly fueling and also adding in some strength exercise to increase their speed. I was only focused on cardio and I was never doing any extra time lifting weights as my coach suggested because I could care less about the results of the swim meets even though I did pretty well. I did not care about that. I was just doing it so I could stay thin. That was my whole thing. I'm sure so many people can relate to that. I am a very naturally athletic person. Like This is something I've always been like since I was a kid. And I look back at that time with a lot of like missed opportunity because Mm -hmm. I was like, if I put a little effort into nourishing myself and actually doing strength training, I would have crushed it. I probably could have gotten a scholarship in college. Like I am You would
1: have been the new like Michael Phelps feminine version.
0: Yes, I'm almost six feet tall. My wingspan is three inches longer than my height. You know how Michael Phelps' wingspan is three inches longer than his You'd height? You'd also
1: be really good at climbing, by the way.
0: Probably. But I had all this missed opportunity because all I cared about was how thin the sport was making me. And now I'm just kind of bummed out because I could have just achieved some really cool things as a swimmer. Mm. So that that was my thing.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that it was also not like fun. I'm making a hypothesis here and potentially projecting my own experience on yours, but it doesn't sound like something that, you know, brings joy and a feeling of like, you know, proper accomplishment and all of that that you might be able to experience now or in other ways.
0: Yeah. So I was able to maintain friendships on the swim team, which I'm really happy about. But like a lot of my memories related to those social events were these things called pasta parties. I don't know if you guys had those, but basically it's like I like
1: the concept. I'm buying into that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: the concept is amazing. Essentially you just before the big swim meets, you all get together with your team and you have like a potluck pasta dinner and tons of dessert. And so I just have a lot of memories around like having a nice time at these parties, but also it's all clouded by feeling guilty around what I had or compensating for what I had or restricting in some way and trying to look normal around everyone else. And the, it was just always like I had a very chaotic eating disorder, so I didn't have a plan going into those things. It was just like a clunky mental load to take on and a stressful mental load. So yeah, it was designed to be fun. And I look back fondly on the swim team. But when I look closer at the memories, I remember that was a huge part of it. So that was my experience. And claire what was your experience like?
1: I feel like there were like chapters or like different books or whatever. So when we were pretty young, my parents signed us up to quite a few different like sports practices. I like to sort of like jokingly say that my parents' strategy was like, let's get the kids as tired as possible so (laughs) that they just go to bed when they're back home after. But so we were pretty active kids from the get-go. And I remember like the first moment where my relationship with movement shifted was when my body started changing and my body started like changing pretty early on. I mean, (laughs) if anyone knows me in real life, I'm pretty short. But at the time, I was one of the tallest kids. Like I developed my feminine shapes, like pretty early on. I got my period pretty early on, and that meant that my body was different, faster than other kids' is. And I used to do rhythmic gymnastics, so you would wear like you know those teeny tiny leotards, and it ended up making me feel so uncomfortable because of the way that other people were looking at me, and sort of reflecting back on me that my body was changing faster than others, like of a similar age that I actually decided not to join into like that one year's sort of like gala competition thing. Mm-hmm. And instead of having like a super comprehensive, like understanding, rather like coach, uh, I got yelled at from the other side of the room for saying that I was not going to attend. And so I was heartbroken, really, because these were my people. Like I had been doing that for years. Like I started when I was like six. And by that time, I was like 13. And it was really like my group, like my my group of like female friends. And I just felt like I didn't belong anymore. So I literally just stopped going after Mm -hmm. that season ended. I never went back. And that sort of started the rupture with movement because I had this other practice and then I hurt myself and so I couldn't go. And then that's when, you know, when I was a teen, that's when my relationship with movement shifted to being like, I need to... You know move in a certain way for a certain amount of time and i would check like how many calories do you spend when you do this kind of a move and so how many times do i need to go up and down the stairs how many times do i have to do like crunches or whatever and it started like that was really really not so great Mm, and also the hard you know like i really went for it and so obviously you're not supposed to like try to move a lot and not feel that movement like that doesn't work so that kind of shifted then I don't know how to explain this, but when I look back now at my like sort of personal history, there's like that sort of was a breaking point. And then it feels like it sort of stayed and I bumbled, you know, around for a good few years. And when I was a young adult, and basically I feel like my soul fractured even more. And I start like, I went back even more like to dieting restricting. Movement just like hit me like a truck. I had a very disordered relationship with the gym, basically. Cause that's the thing. Like I feel like my experience when I was like much younger just made me feel like I can never be in a group. Like I can't be with other people because someone's going to tell me off. Someone's going to look at me in a certain way. Like I just, I feel like I was just so scarred from it that I was just like, I'll just do fitness. And I remember being that sad, sad human that showed up when the fitness would open, you know, when there's no one else in the fitness area. That's a sign to an extent. <laughs> I'm sure there are people who can do that in a very like healthy kind of way, but I was not in a healthy state. I was like not fueling that movement at all. I was focused on one thing and that was how many calories is the machine telling me that I spent? That was the only thing I was focused on. Mm. That's it. And no other important thing. I say pretend strength trained, I was trying to do some other moves, but one, like, if you're not feeling, your body goes like me, like <laughs> quite <laughs> fast. And also, surprise, surprise, I didn't get that much stronger, which, duh, like, <laughs> if you're not feeling your body, how is your body supposed to be like, yes, let's have more muscles and power. Like, that doesn't happen. So I feel like I had these, like, two sort of, like, big s- fractures, like seasons of my You know, disordered patterns and then full-blown eating disorder. And I don't want to go, again, like in too much details in terms of like what and how much and whatever. But it was not good. It was really not good. Oh, and then... Sorry, I'm just like continuing. (laughs) But then I remember that when my therapist challenged me on the gym thing, then I replaced that with walking. (laughs) And I was like, I stopped going to the gym. Oh, (laughs) classic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then she, she was like, like, I'm okay. Walking, that's good. Not... And then at some point she was like, wait, wait, wait. Can you remind? Like, what did you do this morning? And I was like, well, I went walking. <laughs> and she was like, not impressed. So, and you're, and you're,
0: and you're like, it's not an exercise.
1: And uh, <laughs> I was like, it's not exercising. And then that's when I got my first lesson about movement is movement and Claire mm-hmm. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. not, it's still movement. And My intentions were the exact same. I just, I said, I'm not going to the gym, but the intention behind the walking was the same. It was, I'm scared of what's going to happen if I don't. I'm using that to justify eating and all of that. So, mm -mm. Mm -mm. in case, in case you feel called out. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. But yeah, no, we're not buying it. We're not buying it.
0: So... First of all, my heart goes out to you. The rhythmic gymnastics story makes me so
1: sad. Yeah.
0: That must have been so hard. It's such a hard time to like go through puberty anyway. And like all of that layered on top of it, being forced to wear like a leotard. And that's just like...
1: Yeah, two years later, they changed the outfit thingy, like for the club. Like, because obviously everyone has the same because then you look the same. And then when you do the group things, like it looks cute. And it seems that they heard some people out because they finally chose, like, a sort of outfits where you had pants attached, Mm. which was great because, like, it was basically, like, going out in a swimsuit in front of people. And it's just, like, my entire, like, like, was just, like, I can't. But, yeah.
0: Maybe your, like, quitting of the team had their wheels start to turn. I don't think so. No, you don't
1: think think so? Certain parents just like probably have heard their kids that were still on the team because I know that when, because obviously I still had friends going. So I had sort of like indirect updates about what was happening in the clubs. And what was really hard is that I actually lost most of the friendships Mm -hmm. because I wasn't like going to the, you know, training sessions and all that. So like, it just like, it was really, really hard on little me at the time. And I believe that, when they did the update, they were asking opinions. And I think that some parents had been a bit more attuned to their kids' needs and said, hey, how about we choose like an outfit that would make the girls more comfortable? There are options with pants. How about we do that? You know, why not? That could be helpful. Mm. So I really don't think that it was me quitting because I didn't even say why I was quitting. I was just like petrified, mortified, wanted the earth to swallow me, you know, I was just like, I'm just not going to show up anymore again. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, that's so sad. But I'm glad they changed it eventually. But I wish that wasn't like. But,
1: I would, you know, it's, it's, it's reflective. Yeah. And it's yeah. reflective of the mindset of the sports coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Good point.
0: So we should share how things have transformed as well. Yes. So,
1: Meg, tell us exactly how you move. <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for you to ask me. (laughs) So now my relationship with exercise is mm, I get like a really cool feeling from it. Mm. So one thing I love, and I always feel vulnerable sharing what I love because I'm always afraid someone's going to misinterpret it and think, oh, if someone recovered can do this, that means... I'm allowed to do this in eating disorder recovery. So if you're going, I am watching you people. Do not distort what we're about to share. So one thing I love is Cycle Bar in my town. It's like five minutes away. And it's like a 45 minute cycling class where they lower the lights. Mm. And it's like these red club lights that are like, and then they blast music. You feel like you're at the club. They have playlists. (laughs) Like yesterday they had a theme. It was Akon, T-Pain, and Nelly. (laughs) And I was like, this is the bomb. I'm in there. I'm having so much fun. You know, you can change resistance. It's not about like burning calories. It's about the fun. It's about the strength. Like you're cycling, but you're changing resistance. They also have arms in there. Like there's a lot of community. Like I usually get coffee with two of my good friends after the class and I have so much fun and I feel so strong. Like Mm. when I'm in that class, I show up for myself and I feel like I am crushing it. Like there's something about me being like, my legs are strong and I can see what they're doing. And I get very empowered by that. And they even like will send us our stats at the end, like numbers, which would have been really triggering mm. in the past. But now I just look to see where I placed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I came in second today you know, like, it's like, I, I crushed I, you. You owe yeah, me coffee. Like, it's like, like, it's like, like all it is. It's like my little competitive vibe needs to like, check the email and be like, okay, I ranked third. Okay. Or Ooh, I, I came in first today. And then I'll like show off to Dan. I'll be like, I came in first today. And that's pretty much as far as it goes. Like I couldn't tell you like the calories or any of that. Cause I don't care. Like mm. I know I showed up like to honor myself, to start my day in like a high energy, fun way with my friends. And that's been my main thing right now. And then other than that, outdoors is like my joyful movement. I'm committed to doing a little bit more hiking this year. That was my thing with Dan. We were just thinking, you know, we need to explore hikes in Connecticut. So we bought a little book on like Connecticut hikes and we have a few friends in a chat group that we've decided to like text hiking photos to. That sounds so fun. Yeah, so we're we're committed to doing 30 hikes this year, which is like, they're like a mile and a half. Like it's not a ton, right? It's like maybe once every few weekends coming in. And our friends together, we're gonna just commit to texting each other like if people are free, asking if they wanna come and then sending photos of the hike to the people who couldn't make it. So that's the goal. I mean, the numbers, we're not even going to be super strict with that. It's just like an intention kind of a thing. Yeah. Which I'm so excited about because I love the outdoors. And since I moved from Denver, I've been missing it. Like I haven't been doing much outdoorsy stuff. So we're we're like, let's take advantage of the nature right here and bring our dogs and our babies. Like everyone has like a toddler. Like these are mm-hmm. very low key hikes. <laughs>
1: I love so many things that you just said because, and I love your introduction as well, because it is so true, right? Like we are recovered from our eating disorder, which includes like a very neutral relationship with movement and a very relaxed relationship with movement. And so, you know, what we have the quote unquote luxury and freedom to choose right now we can because we challenged by not doing for a certain amount of time. It's the same with the goal, right? Like not only are you like, I love how you mentioned it. Like, oh, we have this goal, but also we'll see, you know, because sometimes having a goal is the thing that helps you move forward. Same thing in recovery, by the way. I mean, you, we set goals weekly with our clients because having sort of something that is quite like specific enough, can help you sort of, you know, get into gear and remind you of something that you chose because you knew it was in alignment with how you want to feel and how you want to be and stuff. And that's really what it sounds like, right? It's like, oh, I miss the outdoors, you know? And that's also something that you surely had to work on, right? Like, make sure that when you set goals or maybe even not set goals for a very long time, right? In order to come back to that in a way that was very, free and very flexible and very relaxed. So yeah, I don't know. I just, there's so much that you said that I loved really.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about this little hiking goal that my friends have. And it's really about that social, the social piece as well. Mm. Like I have these friends who we all care about getting outside. It's been something we all love and we all love each other. So, like, I love that after we went on a little stroll, I mean, we went on, like, a very gentle stroll around a pond with two toddlers and my dog, who is not really leash trained, so he acts like a toddler. (laughs) He sniffs everything. Like, this is, like, this is joyful movement. There is nothing competitive about this. And we just took a little group photo at the end and we sent it to our friends who couldn't come. And I, I just was like, that was so, it's so fun. And then our friends are in Maine this weekend and, you know, they sent a photo of them in Maine. And so it's kind of like this little cute accountability. It's actually a community
1: yeah. that we are leaning like, on. Something that doesn't happen when it's dis- rooted in disorder is I remember specifically saying no to joining social activities. Because I had to go to the gym, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because no, I can't do a walk. That's not enough, right? And sort of like choosing something else instead, right? So there's like this intention and this prioritization reflects your values, your actual true values. Like, yeah, I want to be with these people. That makes me happy. And I like to be outside. That also makes me happy. And that's fundamentally not the case (laughs) when our movement (laughs) Is disordered, right? And driven by numbers or, you know, what our body's supposed to look like at the end of it or whatever, right?
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. Because if I was stuck in my disorder, I probably would have said yes to the hike, but then I would have felt like I had to go to the gym after, right? Or mm-hmm. you have to be strict and get your idea of what exercise should be out of the way to please the eating disorder. Yeah. Like, you know, I think now it's just like, oh, cool. We got a little movement in. We enjoyed each other's time and we got some cool views of like Connecticut nature. Mm. So I don't know. It's yeah. It's been really nice. But yeah, it's been fun to see how it's transformed. I was not really dedicated to any sort of like higher intensity movement for a long time, like during COVID and like for that, like, I would go to the gym a little, but this I'm loving Cycle Bar too. It is like my favorite thing, and it it's so me. Like, if you know my personality, I at eight a.m. I am so down to go low key clubbing with a group of people on a bike.
1: I can totally <laughs> imagine doing that.
0: <laughs> I know so many people would be like, "That sounds like torture," and I'm like, "That sounds like the coolest thing ever." So. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how we know, right? Is when it's just like, it brings us so much joy and just like, ah excitement.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. I can't wait. I always love, I look forward to going. But anyway, Anne-Claire, how has your relationship with movement
1: changed? So I think I get as excited as you do about the cycling thing as for me going to the park and seeing my ducks and my squirrels. Oh my God.
0: I love that. Wait, so you have that, like your joyful movement is rooted in
1: animal loving. Yeah, I just, it just Thank makes you. me so happy. So the most regular movement practice that I have is going on a stroll. Mm-hmm. That is the like currently in my life. That's the only regular form of movement. Also in cleaning my apartment, but I really don't like <laughs> It's not joyful. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that genuinely brings me joy to go on my walk. And I always go and I don't listen to anything. My phone is on silent or even airplane mode. And it will just get me so excited to go say hi to my ducks. They're not obviously my ducks. They're in the pond of the park, but I just pretend like they're mine. Do they have names? And-
0: you name them?
1: No, but the different <laughs> kinds of birds are either like birdos, birdies, <laughs> little birdie bird. <laughs> I don't know the name of birds that it depends on their size and their character. Uh, so crows are birdos. Yeah, you don't need to know more because I'm, everyone's going to think I'm completely bonkers crazy. And I love spotting squirrels. It just makes my day. Like when I see a squirrel. And I have to be very mindful when I walk to spot them because the best way to spot them actually is to hear them, either because they're chomping on nuts and you can hear a little like, and it's so cute, or because they're jumping in the trees and then you can hear like the branches and the leaves, if there are leaves on the trees, move. And so this connection to nature really taught me to actually mindfully walk And it just makes me so happy. Like, so happy. Like, I genuinely feel, like, I had to explain this to someone not so long ago. It's like, I genuinely feel like when I go to the park, I'm held by nature. Like, I'm held by the trees. Like, Mm
0: -hmm. I feel like
1: I'm in a conversation with the trees. I know it's going to make me sound completely, Mm -hmm. like, woo-woo. But I just, like, it really, like, fills me with, like, this, (sighs) I don't know. It's just, like, it feels so good. So that Mm. is my most regular form of movement is just going on a stroll. It's also good for my mental health because obviously, as it is the case for you, we work from home a lot at the time. And so I know that that means that I go out of my apartment and that's very good for mental health and stress. And, you know, simply having a start and an end to the day can be quite nice to have like that as an option. So I quite like that in the mornings. But that's just because, you know, it's a routine that works in my life. Would have been absolutely not okay in the past. As I've mentioned before, flocking was not like done in a mindful way. Like the pace was not the same. My mindset was not the same. I was always multitasking. I was always listening to something, learning by, cause I, I mean, why would I waste time? Right. Like it was just ridiculous. And now I'm just like going and literally bathing in nature. So I do sometimes do other forms of movement and that is extremely seasonal. So. You know, last year I had a gym membership and then I stopped my gym membership because my ankle was a bit like injured and not feeling so great. So I was like, I'm not going to pay. For it I'm not certainly not going to go when when that's clearly not what my body needs. So just canceled it. No emotions. Just being like, no. <laughs> not not the thing for now. I might go back someday. I don't know. But it's just so different. Like it's, I don't know, like it feels it's helping me breathe better instead of being something that is stressful. So yeah, that's what movement is rooted in. And if I'm being fully honest, the hardest is when your body quits on you or like when you're mm-hmm. hurt or you're when something isn't accessible anymore because that always brings up feelings about about bodies because it is like hard. And so if anyone's like, yeah, I don't even have the luxury of doing that because my body doesn't allow me to do that. Like I really want it to be like abundantly clear that that makes it extra hard. Like we're lucky, like we're Lucky to be able to do so much movement and stuff because a few times that life threw me a curveball, I found myself be like quite annoyed, mm. but not at all linked to food, right? It was rather being like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. Like being in pain more or like being challenged in terms of having a practice that is good for your mental health and not being able to do it and realizing, mm, I have to be flexible. I have to find something else. And thank God I have a yoga and like meditation and journaling, <laughs> but. Yeah, like, I just wanted to say that because I know that that can really add an extra layer for some and it it definitely makes it more complex. But, you know, like, if I had to sort of, like, summarize and wrap it up, I would say that fundamentally what changed is the rigidity is non-existent Mm -hmm. and now it's very much flexible. Yes. And, like, there's maybe a routine, but even a routine is very flexible, right? My intention Fundamentally different. Like it used to be focused so much on like what my body was supposed to look like and how many calories I could like spend or whatever. And now it's just like, how do I want to feel? (laughs) Does, Does this work for me in my day? Does that fit my schedule? How much time do I have? Right. It's very like it's so different. And those are sort of like the two pieces where I can really see the biggest impact. And that is why especially with the intention piece, it's so like not linked anymore to anything sort of food related or or even my value as a human.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that you emphasize the flexibility because that's, I feel like that's this, one of the strongest indicators that your movement is disordered is when you become totally rigid with everything and you feel guilty when you can't do something or you feel like you can't eat because you didn't move that day you know, and even just like you highlighting that canceling your gym membership was like a really neutral, chill experience. Like someone with a really disordered relationship with food, that might be really panicking, like a panicky thing, or maybe they would go to the gym and continue to re-injure themselves. Oh, I did that. Yeah, exactly. Like I've seen it. So I think I love what you shared because It also shows like your values. And I think that's the coolest thing about this conversation is like how things have transformed are also kind of amplifying our values or our values are amplified in our choices. Like your connection to nature and mindfulness is really important. And also I know slowing down for you because you have such a busy work schedule is important. And like taking a mindful walk is something I know that, is aligned with both of those things. So it's just such a beautiful, fun conversation for us to explore.
1: Yeah, I loved it. And I I love it that we're not going to lie. Someone just asked us that question and we totally decided it was going to be a topic. So we really appreciate that question because I really like this conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. And hopefully our viewers have picked up on a few either red flags or pointers when it comes to where you might be And what you might, you know, in case, I'm like, hopefully it's helpful to see what it could be in the future for you as well. It's really possible, right? Like shifting our relationship with movement is really possible. We know movement can be healthy for our body and our mind, can be. Insisting on can. So yeah, I just wanted to send a big hug to Meg.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, because we're wrapping this up and because of the time of year it is, I did want to also share that we are opening the doors to the Recovery Collective. So please head on over to our website, which is linked on the show notes here, and it's on our YouTube page. Please go check that out. You will get access to Ann Claren and I live several occasions throughout every single month. So we'd love to meet you in person. We love seeing different YouTube followers join And it's just really exciting to help support other people's recoveries in that way. So we're hoping to see you there. You guys have until February 1st to make your decision about joining. So keep that in mind. All right. Thank you, Anne-Claire. Thank you. Love Love you. Bye, everyone. Thanks for watching. Bye. All right. That concludes this week's episode of the Full and Thriving Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the show. When you have a moment, please head on over to Instagram and follow my recovery coaching account at Meg underscore McCabe to stay up to date on everything I'm doing in recovery land. And if you're feeling extra inspired, please send me a direct message to let me know how this podcast has impacted your life. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next week.